Hi, I'm Johnny Lynch. I'm here with Glennon and special guest Gus of the Nerd Eye Podcast. We're here to examine how tropes bleed across movies, video games, and TV shows. In this episode, we're going post-apocalyptic. Welcome to Dystopia. very weird because yeah. it looks very old internet like cyanide and happiness yeah but is very like it went in brood hollow he does the characters fairly simple but the monsters so really detailed and horrible mm-hmm. but nearly unseen like in the dark so yeah. through the darkness you can see teeth and things that's fucking yeah, terrible again, very lovecraftian yeah, yeah. Um, cool. so this episode we're joined by gus of of nerdy fame hmm. infamy yeah. Fame. Infamy. 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 Definitely infamy. Uh, nerdy. Nerdy. Nerd. No. The, nerdy. 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 So, so nerdy. Because because Helmut specifically told us to keep mispronouncing yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> that uh, sounds exactly like nerdy. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so we're here. We're talking about post-apocalyptic settings. Yeah. Um, ones we like. Ones we didn't like. Ones that gave us that kind of half chub. Yeah. Um, the half chub the half chub just yeah. the half I'll, yeah. do the, I'll do the spoiler warning real quick the apocalypse spoiler it's coming <laughs> <laughs> also pop culture stuff but the, the apocalypse that's the end is it's nigh oh it's super nigh so and there was more rockets last night right yeah so Jesus yeah, yeah. more uh, flying over Japan's head Um, I feel like I go, I know that some I know what games people are going to do, <laughs> possibly, possibly. Actually, just on on that, the and because it ties into all this, and we may end up mentioning it. But the last test that they did, I it could be that Kim Jong Un is actually listening to us because it, I figure he's Kim a Jong-il? pop culture. Uh, Kim Jong Un, no, he's last. Un. One. Was it's it Kim Jong Un? We're, yeah. we're on Un. Sorry, in my mind, Un is one, and yeah, L no. is two lines. <laughs> two. Like, <laughs> no, because when Kim Jong Il passed no, away, right, it was yeah. like, oh well, he really, really was ill. Um, <laughs> But the, no, that was the joke. I didn't make it. I'm just saying that's, that that was the joke I heard. I'm but still going to shake my head at it. Like. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if we're stealing jokes, I love the one which is like, oh man, being the only fat kid in your school is bad. Imagine being the only fat kid in your country. Well. <laughs> <laughs> pictures of Kim Jong-un. <laughs> or the other ones have been visiting various areas. Is this cake? No, it's not cake. Oh, okay. Is this cake? <laughs> <laughs> but the... Just no, captioned. He could, he could listen. Because that, that last missile test, not the one last night, but the one before it, was on um, August 29th. August 29th, 2017, the 20-year anniversary of Judgment Day from the Terminator mm. universe. Yeah. Oof. So, um, and, and uh, which is also anti-nuclear proliferation day because of, it's been adopted because of the so anniversary of Judgment is Day. Is he perhaps trying to prevent Skynet? I, I, do you know what? I think it was more just kind of like, do you know what we should do? Because he's like sitting there, you know, watching he Terminator. Like pop culture, yeah. him, and, him, and, him and Dennis Rodman watching Terminator going, do you know what would be great? <laughs> <laughs> like, I have one of those. Yeah. Really? Yeah. 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 Come on. So, I like him. Yeah, <laughs> our glorious leader. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so we're talking about the apocalypse, or what happens soon after. Um, I also have a feeling I know what games people are going to talk about, and at least one of them is wrong already. But we'll we'll get to that. Oh, I'm pretty confident I picked it because I'm pretty sure we had this conversation about it again before. I think. <laughs> Possibly. I think Possibly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I suppose we start on film. Yeah. Um, Gus, what, what would your film be? Film. Uh, I went for the always popular uh, plague and epidemic uh, calls for post-apocalyptic for this with Children of Men. Oh, nice. Nice. Which is uh, Clive Owen uh, protecting uh, the first potential woman who has 
has was uh, a pregnant, pregnant woman is pregnant in like eighteen years or something. Nineteen years. Yeah, between fifteen and twenty years, something like that. So it's full on for whatever reason. Britain is one of the last like standing countries, and it has this really really strict refugee policy, and he has to travel through uh through the populace, and he's trying to get what he eventually finds out is a pregnant woman who then gives birth towards the end of the film to uh it's isn't some she, sort of she, project foreign as well she is a refugee or something like that it's um like... i think she very well could be she's definitely not white anyway yeah it's um, it's, it's nearly full-on you know brexit wonderland like so. yeah it, it's kind of now that you say it for today's world <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i think we're going to be saying that a lot so we're in trump's america yeah she's been sent to a science uh, science collective because they're trying to figure out how to cure uh, yes. the infertility yeah, yeah. rates whatever mm. it is um, but it's it's a really interesting film it's really really good if anyone has never seen it um, I particularly like there's this one scene where they they end up meeting this uh, woman who turns out she was a midwife mm. uh, for in her past career and then obviously the fertility drops and she tells a story the growth industry (laughs) (laughs) she tells but she tells a story about like how she when she was there and that there was just like less and less births and stuff and then at the very end she's like you never really understand them until you you just can't hear the children playing anymore and you're just like it's really fucking creepy (laughs) like in the middle and they're standing in a playground they're standing in the school isn't it they're looking out on the playground yeah, yeah, I remember that actually. It's really hard. The, and 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 we're like you know I I was joking about the the Brexit paradise and all the rest, but like there's even a thing now that we've been talking about over the last few months that like, um, sperm counts are down like fifty percent across the globe. Mm. Really? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. one of the one of the suggested reasons for it is apparently we're not masturbating enough. All that porn on the internet not being used enough. You're meant, uh, apparently you're meant to do it about 20 times a month to keep it fertile because it's like something it's like oh, to do the action yeah, if you're sure. not gonna if you're not gonna play the trumpet then just give it to another kid it's the wait no hang wait on. Ooh, oh, you should phrase that differently but it's uh, no I think it's, it's you know your bike is just gonna sit there and rust if you don't take it out and uh, <laughs> go on trips so I, I, I follow all the Pornhub uh, analytics yes why don't they call it analytics anyway it doesn't matter I, <laughs> but <laughs> They're I missing follow, something there. They have they're all that. They put they all probably too obvious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're a very subtle. Well, I'm funny, but um, they they put it all up on Twitter. And there's uh, I read the book, uh, Data Clips by the guy who ran OK Cupid and uh, all Data Clips. Data Clips. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry, it's a really good book. A really good book, and it's about all the OK Cupid stats and stuff like that. Yeah. But the Pornhub have now been going long enough that they're releasing porn stats over time, and it's so fun mm. to see. Like it used to be all big tits. I think it's fascinating like how they small tits. Like yeah. that's what people are searching for. It's so funny. I think it's fascinating, like how well they they actually like how good their analytics are. Savage. And that the way they just break it down, mm. and yeah. it's like yeah, they, I mean. There's a, there's a, I think uh, it's weird how like I, I think I shared it with one of my mates before and, and he's like well I can't look at that it's not safe for work it's like it's bar charts you fucking yeah. Yeah. it's not like like okay they're vaguely phallic but it's, not, it's not like you could be like oh I can't watch that the boss will give it it's stats yeah and he's I a guess, statistician. I guess the vi- the Venn diagram can kind of look like tits. You want them to be, but I mean, like, like you know, can we, can we get a <laughs> can we get like a Venn diagram or like a bar chart? Then no, no. Um, <laughs> yeah. But like, he's a statistician. I'm like, why? No, you're. But it's fucking research, and it's actually good, well illustrated oh, content. So good. I had no idea until I was listening to. Um, it was John Ronson was on Joe Rogan there, maybe two three weeks back, 
and he's been I've doing seen that Pornhub clip. He's been doing a <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, he's doing like a documentary on the originator of Pornhub. Right. And how it's just this like programmer guy from Belgium, and oh, nice. they, he start, set up the entire thing in like the early nineties, and they just started stealing clips and whatever. Yeah. And they set up all the stuff, and he just eventually like became the company that it is and he sold it on and he's like responsible for essentially the documentary follows from there of like what's the fallout of Pornhub yeah. and it's like what has happened to all of the industry the people who've actually making the porn that aren't actually earning any money anymore yeah. because it's all on a free website yeah yeah and it, yeah he said he follows it on and there's all this but there's all these niches now where there's like you can go to websites and request porn so yes. you go I, I want, I, I want to this do fetish. this I want you to do this for me. And he said, like, the, one of the ones he saw was they made a porn video where it was this woman who, I think she masturbated over this guy's stamp collection. Nice. Like it was. And it was something that was worth a lot of money to him from growing up as a child. But had, I love how you're screenwriting. Must look at this later. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, so, I mean, they're so into stats. I'm going to, for homework, I'm going to tell everyone to go and search stamp collection. You don't need to look at anything. Collection. But I want that to spike. But they I were saying that, that his, uh, the reason he was getting the fetish from it was because, because the internet had existed in the subsequent period, stamp collecting is worthless now. Oh, right. Because there's no value in trying to find stamps. Yes. Because you can just get them anywhere. Yeah. So there's no intrinsic value to people and there's no, you don't have to go there's to no, a shop and kind of ask them what have you got and or go contact trades people and and, yeah. interact with anybody. So it's all gone. So he's like, I just want to destroy so, my sorry, life's love. Just the apocalypse in the background. I can <laughs> yeah. hear sirens and stuff. Everybody's realised that their stamp collections are useless now. Yeah, so. I, I guess you'll never get that thing of like, seeing a stamp you've never seen before you weren't yeah. expecting to see because you can just Google You can just Google collection. anything. Yeah. And you can have access to basically any of them now. I have my stamp collection. It's www.google.com. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's good. that's kind of interesting. I was, I, I mean, I, I think Louis C.K. made a point there. Um, I, I was watching one of his videos the other day, and he was talking about how he was like, being interviewed somewhere, and he was like, "People who make porn should just stop." He's like, "If you if you took a kid nowadays, if you took a kid from birth mm. and started them watching all the porn on the internet." For science, this is like they, you know they'd be fifty and they still wouldn't be past the anal section. Like you mm, know what I mean? Yeah. It's like the, no one's going to go. Oh, I've seen this one. Yeah. Like we can stop making it. You know. What I mean? Yeah, in theory, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the novelty element is real though, because yeah. I guarantee you, there's fidget spinner porn out there. Like, right oh, probably. probably. Yeah, there's got to be. Like, I assume that the vast majority of it now is very, very pop culture based. Like with all the parodies, I'm sure that they do. I'm like really, really. What's the models? The it's it's yeah. the it's they get like they get individual models, and then some people like they only go to certain porn stars. Yeah. So as long as that as that star is producing new content, they can sell it. So like nearly all the stars, like I think I was watching this on um they were discussing it on it was one of those things on like the evolution of the internet and all the rest, um kind of like John Ronson's thing, but more yeah, kind yeah. of broad. Mm. And they were doing an episode on. Uh, on porn and they were talking about how I think it was Vice were doing it how 20 years ago 15 years ago 10 years ago you had two or three big porn sites yeah and you went to, the, uh, to them and you had your subscription and then they showed you the stuff mm. and then nowadays it's individual artists yeah, have their own everybody has sites. their own thing yeah. like the, the likes of the, the, the bigger networks are starting to shrink now because it's like oh I know I just go to thatartist.com I also like how 
this episode is now about porn. Yes. Yeah, but so no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's just gone hit a vein. Yeah, yeah. 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 So to speak. Yeah. But uh, no, uh, The Children of Men is a good one because it is, a, yeah. it is not an apocalypse that jumps to mind. Like I didn't, no. I purposely didn't want to do zombie games or zombie movies because that's yeah. a I, zombie movie. I went away. An apocalypse. Yeah, movie. I tried not to do them as much as possible. So so. It is just something, there's an instigator that happens yeah. and then you know, the it's world what you're shit. left with afterwards. Yeah, yeah. and so. it's it is an interesting one. Just that, and it's totally plausible as well. Yeah, uh, it's a total thing. But it, it's interesting to see how quickly things change well, just because of something that you're like, oh wow, so not as many people are born, so all oh, this is completely fucked up now. All of a sudden, you know. but yeah. there's a there's a joke as well that if Google went away tomorrow, we wouldn't know what the fuck happened because we wouldn't have no way to no. Google it. Yeah. So no matter <laughs> no matter what happens, no matter what ask apoc- Jeeves surely yeah. exists. <laughs> no, but no matter what apocalypse happens, Bing? <laughs> the vast majority of people will not know what happened yeah. because once the apocalypse starts, there's no way to know because everything shuts I'm, down. I'm fascinated just watching like my brother and sister both have children and uh, as they're growing up because they're existing in a world like that is so different from ours mm. even and they're only like what 20 years younger than me at this stage and I'm just kind of going you've never known a place where you don't have instant access to every piece of information you could it's ever the, want. It's, it's because of that what's it Moore's Law hmm. that technology yeah. doubles in speed or halves in price every X amount of time uh, yeah. every three years I think it is mm. every, yeah so it's like, but but uh, because of that, like, once we got into the era of technology, it has just started to accelerate at such a rate that, like, that's why we've seen such a massive progression. Like, I know it's a, it's a weird comparison, but I have a feeling that this is kind of what it was like at the start of the industrial revolution. Oh, very Where okay, yeah. everybody was, yeah. like, spread out. It was a very agrarian society. And then 20 years later, there's cars on the roads and there's, you know what I mean? Like, it's just oh, this rapid evolution. But, mm-hmm. like, even for cities, once they were able to have a million people live in one spot so, like that, that was impossible. And yeah. in one year, it was just possible. You could have a million you people just live do it, yeah. And it was, they could feed a million people and they could take away the refuse of a million people. That's all that needed to happen. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see now as it progresses because there's just going to be so many, it, you can see it already with how there's accountability and responsibility for people with online and how their usage of social media. Oh yeah, well, yeah. Well, the point we, it just hasn't been full on like repercussions like what's, or people. what's yes. just happened with the with PewDiePie accidentally. Yeah, for example, you know, at quote unquote accidentally dropping the N word, accidentally being a racist for the third time in six months. In six months, yeah. Um, you know, like I, I, my housemate linked me an article the other day when we were talking about it, and it was the. I think it was the hard times and it was like PewDiePie accidentally puts on a clan uniform midstream <laughs> and I was like I'm not even sure if that's satire anymore yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah, so. but yeah, yeah it's it, it's interesting how that all kind of comes about um, Jim Quisition made a good point about that as well it's just like just tangentially related to it where he was like this, the way social media and the internet is now is the way games were 20 years ago before the ESRB stepped in yeah yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so the, like those type of apocalypses we, like the, the children of men one yeah. that's kind of like yeah if this one thing changed if this one new development yeah. or regression happens like how does suddenly everything like you know the, the it is essentially regression of like we can't like our, our population is constantly being expanding yeah. So what if suddenly? It well, it's it's essentially we've we've introduced a, a technology that is so great and so has so much potential, but we have had no ability to kind of go. What's the bad things that can happen before oh, we yeah. just kind of went? Here you go, just yeah. go, <laughs> go do yeah. all this. And the proponents like me will just go. It's a tool. It's fine. It's yeah. fine. It's like no one's ever killed me with a hammer. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, no, that's pretty good. And actually, it's one of the ones I I I had considered it. It's um. For my own section, I I really like 
the thing I always get hooked on with that film is just the scenes that where they do the continuous shot scenes mm. at the start with him in the, the cafe and he walks out and it blows up behind all him all the stuff blown up yeah, yeah like but it's that cafe he just walked out of and it's it, but like it's all done in one cut yeah mm. and I, I, that type of stuff I always find it in a weird way it kind of distracts me because even like halfway through the film still go yeah that scene at the start was deadly yeah. <laughs> the, that's very good the very the short chase scene where they where Julianne Moore gets killed is, is really well done I think yeah, mm. like, yeah. it's very brutal there's no I, I think the, the kind of palette the colour palette of it really puts it through it's like it's very dank and greying like nothing seems particularly bright ever in the film no even the, the, the big outdoor scenes there's always something to obscure stuff yeah. they're driving through the countryside but they're actually it's driving through not, a woods and it's like yeah. foliage and stuff yeah. yeah or at the end when they're like they're you know they're in this big basically refugee camp and it's all kicking off but it's yeah. but there's like tear gas and there's like smoke grenades and it's, you, so you still can't see everything like. I, I think now that you're saying that I think the apocalypse is all one colour like, no there's a couple of colours there's no. grey or there's brown it's kind of one colour at a time it's like <laughs> yeah. the past the dust bowl was all sepia in yeah. the future it's like in rain and fire as you mentioned in the last episode it's all ash or it's like it's all snow or it's yeah. all something yeah, it's always one thing you're, yeah, yeah. It's, you're either remembering the past or looking forward to this kind of blurry future where you're like yeah yeah it's all one colour don't worry about it yeah, yeah. no no it's um, cool Johnny what's your one my movie is Tank Girl which is the greatest movie ever made. I'm sorry if I'm stealing your movie. Oh Tank my god, Girl. I am so shocked and yeah. surprised. It's Tank Girl. Uh-huh. Tank Girl is an amazing movie from 1995 and it currently enjoys a 38% not so fresh <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes. That, that seems higher than I thought to be honest. And it's the greatest movie of all time and Tank Girl is the best and it is about a ragtag bunch of misfits with unclear goals but good in their hearts who live in the Australian desert possibly and there's no water left, I guess. And the entire thing is just a music video. Like, it's shot like a music video. It's it's complete MTV generation. Yeah. This is probably yeah. the most amount of consideration Tank Girl has gotten in, uh, since it I, came out. <laughs> I dressed as Tank Girl at Comic-Con, Dublin Comic-Con this year. Sure. And a bunch of... Even the people who recognised me didn't know anything about it. They were like, that's the movie with, I think, Gwen Stefani's in it. I was like, kind of. It's close enough. <laughs> it's, Oh, I'll give it to Laurie you. Petty. No, nobody I'll give it to you. It. And it's yeah, it's Laurie Petty and Naomi Watts and uh, Malcolm McDowell. God, I forgot playing, Naomi Watts. Yeah, Malcolm McDowell playing a delightfully fucking manic bad guy. It's <laughs> Malcolm McDowell being Malcolm McDowell. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's it's yeah. He walks across across glass to prove a point and does all this weird shit. And Ice T is one of the half kangaroo. Men yes. Yes, he rippers is. Rippers or reap, reap, uh, rippers. Rippers. And it's such a shitty roller coaster of a movie. <laughs> and there's so many scenes. Like, there's a bit where she's doing a sexy uh, punk strip. It's, just, it's anarchy. The whole. It's, the, it's what if Mad Max. You know, it's Mad Max via Monty Python. Yes. It's absolutely. Like, it's just so fucking weird. And there's so many random odd bits here. Like, why is that even there? It's obviously not a comic, but it's. It like, is. It's so that's where the colour from this comes from. Yeah. <laughs> it is it is genuinely, genuinely one of my favourite movies. I watched it with someone recently and she watched it stone faced the whole way through and at the very end of it just looked at me and goes, Is that why you're like what you're like? <laughs> <laughs> when did you watch this? I was like, I was about twelve. Okay, that explains you're like, why right, you are right. but, uh, it's pure anarchy. It is such a good movie. It makes fun of so many sci fi tropes like harking to kind of Mad Max stuff. But it is just it is a way of kind of going the rules are out the window proper yeah. 90s bodacious yeah. like kind of uh, 
perfect stuff. And Isn't there the yeah? No, sorry, go on. But I feel like I don't even really want to talk about it. Like, no. they're, they're, <laughs> it's uh, it's, it's a rabbit hole. I don't want to go down. It's <laughs> clearly a movie made up of set pieces where they wanted yes. to do a weird striptease, so sure. they did a weird striptease. They wanted to do a dance number, so they do a dance number. They wanted to have Iggy Pop in it, so they just gave him a random role as a paedophile that gets his hand cut off. Like they just they wanted to do shit, so yeah. they just did it. Let's see what we can get away with. Yeah. But uh, no, it is it is really genuinely entertaining, and I, being a big fan of seventies, um, not quite apocalypse movies, but things like Logan's Run and Death Race two thousand and stuff that was they just needed a, a they needed to film. <laughs> In the real world, because they couldn't put shit yeah. on spaceships, but they just called it. They made up an apocalypse to just do a story to yeah. justify it. Yeah. It is as campy and yeah. as as those ones. I loved Logan's Run, by the way. That was an amazing movie mm. um, and TV series and book. Oh, there's a whole TV series spin off of it. Like, oh, I didn't know. Mm. But no, in in Logan's Run, when they get out of the the perfect utopia and discover um, that there is a whole world out there, mm. it is kind of fun of that fish out of water. Um, alien nearly coming to earth and seeing all this but then watching them trying to piece together what you know being in a library and not knowing what a library is yeah. is really yeah. really interesting but it, yeah it's the the mad max and tank girl style anarchy is the is the kind of apocalypse i'm into fair <laughs> on a lighter note uh, my film would be the road uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh that was perfectly set up <laughs> So, yeah, 2009. It's the, it's the one based on the Cormac McCarthy book. Cormac McCarthy, yeah. Who's known, renowned for his upbeat other books like No Country for All Men. And Brevity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, Viggo Mortensen is the man. And he has a son who is the boy. There's no names in it, which is something I really like. Um, I just... It's an unspecified nuclear... It's an unspecified disaster hinted at to be nuclear war. And... A nuclear winter that follows and it's just that people trying to survive and it's like there's no lightheartedness there is no so punches crazy. pulled it is humanity through the darkest of filters mm-hmm. and but i i like that they actually did it i like that because i read the book and then they're like oh they're doing a film adaptation go, oh it's gonna have some shitty Nice ending. Hopeful ending. Yeah. yeah. The book yeah. of Eli kind of job where... Yeah, no, no don't get me wrong. I like the or book of Eli. Really like I Am Legend style ending. I've, yes. I've, um, I've, I Am Legend marked on this as well, but that's for a different yeah. reason. But like, the yeah, the, like, like I like the book of Eli. I think the book of Eli is really well done and it's very stylish. Again, it's gone for the popcorn muncher and it's, it's got... Yeah, it has car- a purpose. Yeah, and yeah. It's, 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 it's someone went, what if we made the road but you didn't want to kill yourself from five minutes in? Mm, interesting yeah, yeah. so um, and there's just some nice little bits and Tom Waits is great in I imagine and so is uh, Gary Oldman being Gary Oldman like mm, yeah. um, in Book of Eli Book yeah. of Eli yeah. Yeah. he said I imagine I was like sorry in Book of Eli what um, did I miss <laughs> sorry yeah yeah sorry and then, but, but then um, with the road it's like the fact that they stuck so well to the book and they were like, no, we're not going to skip the scene with the cannibals no, we're not going to skip the whole fact that he has two bullets in his gun one for the kid and one for him yeah, yeah. So that they so that they don't get taken, we're not gonna hide away from the fact that when children are found, they're usually used as sex slaves. I'm not mm. gonna hide away from any of that. Yeah. We're going to do it because this book is there, and it's if we skip parts of it, if we start cutting out parts mm. because they're too grim. We won't have a book left. 
Yeah, it's not so a particularly long that. book either. So yeah, yeah and, but I mean, so in part of me admires it's so fucking grim. Yeah, but, <laughs> but like, but part of me admires that like how ballsy it was for them to do that. Yeah. That they were actually willing mm. to go. No, fuck it. We'll actually we're gonna we're gonna treat it as is the the source material. Like, and just like Viggo Mortensen's very good in it, and yeah. it's like it, it it's just there's so many stretches of the film where nothing is said. Mm. And it's it, I I actually have a big appreciation for films like that where not quite silent films but films where it's like you can you can communicate without having to tell me anything. Yeah. Um. The that's not a film, but a good example of it is like Samurai Jack. Samurai Jack has next to no dialogue mm. across the five seasons. I think Jack's dialogue comes in under half an hour, mm. but it's a lot of visual. It's storytelling. Also post-apocalyptic. Kind of, but kind of not. Yeah. Like it depends on what part of the planet he's on at the time and all the rest. But it, <laughs> but there's a whole. But like, but with that, it's it's this whole thing of like, more and more, I I get put off from watching stuff because they overly explain everything. Mm. Sure. Yeah. They, oh my god! Look at the giant robot that's walking towards you. That's filling the whole screen. That's a giant robot that's going to kill us all. We should probably stop that giant robot. Mm. So just fucking show it. Yeah. I can figure out the rest of myself. Um, so Game of Thrones I, suffers from that this year I, quite quite a bit yeah okay <laughs> I, I, I turned off Game of Thrones yeah, like yeah, season no. one but, but yeah. it, it has significantly dumbed itself down as it nears its conclusion just to right. yeah that's well, because Martin's not involved as much I think so yeah but, but anyway the, 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 yeah like the, I just I appreciate the Rhode Island it's well it, like I wouldn't say it's I, it's a film I like it's a film I respect yeah mm-hmm. I don't think you can like the road you know what I mean yeah, we have certain questions we need to ask if you enjoy it. Or... Yeah, but it's, but it's something that I can look at and go, as a as a feat of filmmaking and acting and storytelling, it is an incredibly well done adaptation. And I respect that. The actual one that I, one that I like, but again, there's, it's a it's a, an in- interesting version is I Am Legend. I'm talking about the book in a way because there's been three separate films made from it. Yeah, so Omega Man. So Omega Man, I Am Legend, and The Last Man on Earth. Oh, yes. So... Which are all slightly different variants, and one of them they're mutants, and mm. they have a cult, and they're like they actually talk, and yeah. like there's a, there's there, there's a whole different elements. The towards the end, they never needed to make the 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 mutants in in Iron Legend or the Vampires, whatever you want to call them, in the, the Will Smith version, they never needed to make them CGI. They mm. could have just done it with makeup, and mm. it would have been fine. That was the main thing that pulled me out of that film mm. when I was watching it. The first half of that film where it's him surviving. Yeah. It's day to day good. is incredibly well done. Yeah. yeah. The 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 little clips where it's like just the little things where he's trying to hold on to his sanity. Yeah. Mm. You know, where he's like, please talk to me. Like just that type of thing, like when he's talking to the mannequin, like mm. and then there was something I only noticed on my second watching of it was the bit where he's where the the vampires have moved Frank, one of the the, yeah. the, the dummies. Yeah. When he first drives by that and he glances down towards it, it's actually one of the vampires. Mm, yeah. And it's only for like a quarter of a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when he looks back, it's, it's Frank and the thing and, and then yeah. he loses it. But, but I just, Will Smith does just such a good job of, again, it's that whole visual storytelling medium. It's yeah. the, like post-apocalyptic environments are the perfect way of using a visual medium. Yes. Yeah. Like where you can just take something that, oh, yes, just this is familiar yeah. and we're going to completely smash it apart or we're going to do something massively like uh, groundbreaking to it. Sometimes literally and go, mm. check this out. I don't like actual apocalypse films where you see it happening because they're boring. It's just loud and noisy and doesn't, like it's not mm. even interesting popcorn films because you're just like, I'm just watching somebody's special effects reel. Yeah. There's yeah. nothing happening here. Like. You're watching a Michael Bay highlight reel. 
Yeah. yeah, yeah, but even like stuff like the day after tomorrow, I'm like, that's nice. You figured out how to do snow and CGI. You didn't figure out how to do wolves, but you know, whatever. The like the <laughs> the but the the after effects, the twenty years, ten years, hundred years down the line, that's what's interesting because it's like it's that kind of alien version of something that's so familiar, particularly when they go to New York or mm. or London or Tokyo. Where you're like, yeah. I've seen this in so many films, and just the, how you've changed it, how you've mm. subverted it, like. So uh, the, yeah, like I Am Legend will be uh, the first half. I wouldn't watch the second half. Just watch the first half twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. it's about the same length of a film, and it's probably <laughs> more entertaining. The dog bit, I'd say, is probably good. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, like it's yeah. That that be as bad as far as I watch. Twenty Eight Days Later was one I was thinking of. Yeah, looking at as well. That's another good one. I think. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a zombie outbreak movie. Yeah, yeah I, and I like it again. It's that whole thing of you don't. They don't show you the apocalypse. No, they just no. show the aftermath of it. Yeah, and it, uh, which is good, and it's. Um, and you get to see Killian Murphy naked in it. Another man whose penis I've seen. We, um, we covered this. No, we, we talked about Oh, we did. Um, it was Clyde Barkley last time. Clyde Barkley, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Anyway. Um, we have to keep track of all this. Yeah. <laughs> Is this like uh, a one party or a no, particular no, party, no, if you will? No, no. It was, um, I'll tell the Killian Murphy story some other time. <laughs> um, there's a, there's a, something that came up then in, in various ones where the apocalypse happened a long time ago. And there still seems to be this thing about names that people are either trying to hold on to their names or they've lost mm. their names or they've they've taken on new names they are become tanker or master blaster they become some yeah. kind of ridiculous yeah, they character reinvent themselves because almost. that's what they are now in the future they're yeah. one thing and it's it is really really interesting when they have characters who just don't have names um and again it's the man and the boy because they, if, if there's only one other person in your life you never have the to, other person yeah, why would you, you call yeah, them you, you don't need to differentiate them, them yeah like that yeah, yeah. Um, that's very true yeah interesting um TV series, Gus. What was your TV series? Uh, I, I seem to have a bit of a trend, to be honest, in terms of what I picked. It's all pandemics, to be honest. Uh, so I looked at The Handmaid's Tale, mm. which oh, just yeah. came out there. Yeah. Uh, on. So I haven't seen it, but I really like the book. <sighs> I'm trying to remember what... I can't even remember what uh, HBO? station it was. It's not HBO. Amazon. It wasn't that. I think it was Amazon. Yeah, I'm not Amazon. sure. I don't know. I did happen to watch it on some form of illegal site. Yeah, so. well, we don't get a lot of these over here. Yeah. So, so I mean, like you know, you can't subscribe to HBO Go here. You have to go through Sky Atlantic and, and do all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. So I just can't be honest. Um. So yeah, yeah, very basic premise for people who haven't seen it. It's uh, a, a certain part of America has essentially created its own form of government. It's Trump. And, Trump term two. And they've uh, established a term set four. of a set of rules and system where uh, the men are the ones in charge uh, women are essentially worthless uh, in a lot of cases except where they're still fertile because again there seems to be a problem with uh, fertility rates across the world and these people are these women are become handmaids and they basically live with the men who are in charge and it almost becomes this weird religious ritual mm. where they have sex with each other once a month uh, to try and become pregnant and then they can have more children and so on. Um, so again, it's kind of slightly dystopian future. Slightly? Uh, <laughs> Depends which side you're on. I mean, right. <laughs> and it's all... It's, my little old John sitting next to me. <laughs> and it's all... Uh, it's from the perspective mainly of uh, one handmaid in particular whose name is Offred. But she can remember because it hasn't... It doesn't happen that long ago. It's only like... I want to say five, ten years, I think it is. Yeah, they, they make it's, points. Well, in the book, anyway, they make points of it. Yeah. Of her being able to remember. It's relatively close, anyway, where she had a family and they were trying to escape up to Canada, I think it is, at the time. Um, 
so they do a good job of re reusing the book because they're planning to continue. Mm. They they've done the entirety of the book now, all the plot, and it ends at the end of the book. But they're planning to keep going. Right. So they kind of plant a couple of bits. I don't. I haven't read the book, so I don't know. There's, is there a, a bit where they discuss politics with the Mexicans? No. So it is very much one character's view of the whole thing. So in the TV series, they they reference that uh, they're talking with uh, the government of Mexico, and they're going to have some sort of exchange between uh, Gilead and Mexico, and it turns out that they're just basically going to like use the children that they've birthed through this weird ritual as an economy to survive as a country and they're going to start shipping them out to different countries oh for like genetic diversity yeah well no because nobody else is having kids so like they have a scene where like the Mexican delegation show up and they're like oh my god there's a child there I haven't seen a child in like 10 years oh, okay. kind of thing so uh, similar premise to Children yeah. of Men um, just, I, the just kids are not set up but obviously then there's like she's trying to rebel and she's trying to get away from it all at the same at the same time and um, she's also introduced to different parts because her 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 lord whatever the guy's name is um, Fred because she's all Fred, Fred. Fred sorry yeah, yeah. Um, again she loses her name <laughs> yeah again she takes takes another name and she um, she's brought in to show like the seedier underside so they have like they do have still nightclubs and bars but it's only for the men and it's only for specific things and like for women generally they're not allowed to do any of these they're they're mm. basically just slaves is what it boils down to so it, it is again a, very hits very home it's very yeah. very easily something you could see happening nowadays it reminds me of kind of an alternate history thing like the the man in the high castle of just mm. all it would like and the weird thing is the people inside it see it so as such a normal thing of like this is yeah. what we must do to survive and yeah it is just that insidious thing of <laughs> it would take so little to go just this direction just, just that direction they do, they do a good job of filling in uh, Fred's wife his actual wife yes she gets more screen time and it kind of sets up that she's like partially responsible for the whole thing mm. and then as soon as it starts they obviously kick her out because women aren't worth anything mm. and you can see that she's kind of resentful of the whole thing she's like I'm the one who brought this it's, all around and like, it, it feels very um, um, there's like period dramas of like you know you know very much um very well-to-do families who yeah, are, like Downton Abbey style yeah, Downton yeah. Abbey. and there's a, a bit in the book where obviously like she she sneaks downstairs at one point and she could be murdered for this like she she could get in so much trouble mm. and just that's not on but there's a whole thing of her maybe going to sleep with the driver the limousine driver yeah because it's that is the done thing that sometimes the girls secretly sleep with the members of staff with the idea that we just need to start having kids. Kids, yeah. And it will be the, the Lord's kid, kids. no matter what happens. But if one of the younger guys can do it, let that will be more Grand, It's yeah. actually fine. It doesn't so matter, that's, yeah. That's nearly turned a blind eye on. Yeah, that comes up a bit, and then they're not, met, they're not allowed to read. That's one of the rules. Women aren't allowed to read anything. So, like, one of the days, the Lord, he's like, he goes, I want to, I want to talk to you. And she's like, okay. And he's like, but I want to talk to you at this time, which is after their curfew. And she goes to his study, where nobody else is allowed in unless he lets them in. Okay. And he gives her a magazine and it's just like this shitty, like, okay style yeah. thing. Like, but it's the first piece of any sort of writing she's ever seen in like three, four years that she's allowed to look at. And she's like, um, and even though she's like, I don't want to be in the spot, she's like, am I allowed to do this? Mm. And even she's complicit in like what's going on. And then, yeah. 
So he starts playing Scrabble with her weekly. And that's like a thing that they do together. But she's not meant to be doing it. It's like mm. it's totally against the rules and everything. And so she gradually gains like bits of her character back and stuff. So it's really interesting. Um, they, they've set it up, I think, the way it's being done is that her husband is still alive. Mm, okay. And he's living in Canada. And he ends up meeting back up with somebody who's aware. So they, they get a, a, a letter to her. Right, right. So she, she finds out that her her husband is still alive. I don't know what they've done with the kid yet. I don't know if they've said that the kid is still alive. I can't remember. It's, it's super interesting to take that to a yeah. global scale because in the, in the book, they don't know. It, it yeah. follows her, so she doesn't know what's going on in the wider yeah. world. They did it in Canada and Mexico. Yeah. But again, the, only the landlock, like the ones that you could actually get to with... with um, yeah, by foot or by whatever. By foot or whatever. Yeah are still in communication yeah. is no, it's, it's really interesting because there is a lot of like who knows what and what's the information going forward mm. but it, it really does start to show a bit more of like how the country is going to exist permanently yeah and it, they're going to use the kids is what it is and it's it's crushing as a scene because you realise you're like you're literally using them as money mm. <laughs> like that's mm. all this is children are in the future <laughs> <laughs> cool um, any way of lifting the the mood. Uh, I, 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 do you want to go? Or? <laughs> How bad is your one? Like, I, got, I got a bunch. I got a, a few honourable mentions, and then I've got one that's cool. Don't we should probably do like a dick joke, just oh, to lighten it a bit. Like, <laughs> yeah. Let's just make, do a shout out to the last man on earth, which is the one with. Um, oh yeah, I, I haven't watched it, but I heard it's very good. Oh, it's why the last man, just in like TV form. Yeah, uh, dude. Oh, the guy from Thirty Rock. I can't think of his name. But he's, it is very funny. I I did drop off after a while. But just the idea of him wandering around uh, and just every episode has a great visual gag about him sitting in a baby pool filled with margarita. He's just been going around collecting margarita all day to make this happen. <laughs> or he, he just sits, uses a house until the entire swimming pool is filled with like poop because there's no plumbing run, working anymore. And then just moves house. Like every episode has a really good guy in it. Yeah. And then when he eventually meets somebody else, he's been doing that for too long. It's like being unemployed. You're not used to talking to people. Like if you've been, yeah, he's been like, out of the workforce for too long, you have to ramp back up again. And then him ramping back up to be able to be around people is pretty funny. Mm, that's cool. Um, I'm going to give a shout out to Get Battlestar Galactica just because you made a face at it the last time we met you. It's not a good show. It's an amazing it's not show. A good show. It's a, that is a great. We're talking about the 70s one, right? The 2004 one. <laughs> but uh, no, that is that is a fantastic example yeah. of just you're sudden, uh, suddenly in an apocalypse. Like that's like everybody was doing something and then boom, uh, everybody else in the entire world is dead. You guys got to keep on going. Mm. Uh, and that's super interesting. But I talked about that in the first episode, so I'm not going to go into it. Um, just finished watching The Mist, uh, which is a Netflix. Redemption, uh, yeah. Yeah, it came out this year with Stephen King. I think. Another, Give it a number out of ten. Eight. Well, for me, it's very high because it's Silent Hill, the TV show. Okay, because the first episode was like minus four. What was the first episode? The first episode is fucking god awful. Mm-hmm. It's the whole setup, and it's the, like no one can act. Is that what you're setting up? Great. It's, it is a Netflix show in that the first episode is shit, but it runs into the next episode, runs into the next episode, runs into the next episode. Not to spoil it too much, but the very last episode basically. I was so surprised when it ended. I was like, no, no, you need to put another episode there and wrap shit up, man. It's, yeah, it's I don't know. Mean. Like, it's like I saw an article and it was like, you know, does The Mist need a second season? I was like, it didn't need a second episode. <laughs> it, was, it was actually. <laughs> and, and it's like, it's, it, it really shows how much 
a screenwriter, how much impact a screenwriter and a director can have on something. Because if you watch the film version of The Mist, it's incredible. Yes. And then you watch the TV show version of it and you go, was this like a shitty, was that like the, you know, um, it's like the, the, what's their names, that studio that just do rush out knockoff versions of films as fast as Asylum. Asylum, yeah. It's just yeah. like the I Am Omega version of, like, of The Mist. Because <laughs> like, nobody seemed to be able to act. All the all the bits seemed very kind of. Eh. Yeah. yeah, there's no, there are no standout characters in this. Yeah, I, I was I, just kind of I, I, like I, I watched the first episode and I was like I have no interest in watching any more of this. Yeah. And I actually really like Stephen King and I really liked the film and I really like horror and I really like Silent Hill and I was like this looks like it's going to be everything I want and I watched it and I went nope no. <laughs> no not in the they, slightest. They do a re- there's two episodes out of ten that are good. There you go. That's then why did you give it an eight? Because I liked Silent Hill that much. I was watching <laughs> every episode reinforced Silent Hill. Was. There's an episode about nature versus religion and about Ooh. the way people put stock in each of those things. Yeah. And there's one bit where a character does something and she is the only character in the whole fucking thing. She is the maid, the older lady maid in American Horror Story. Um, and she is the representative of nature or she's the only person who recognises, you know, this is nature trying to kill us. These are the antibodies, blah, blah, blah. It's a, it's a theory it's not that's not the I'm not spoiling anything yeah, it's not yeah. actually what's happening but that she gives a speech about it wait uh, hang on a second you're saying this this series is the happening is that what the happening is yes huh no she does okay. no if, no. if, if it's if you're I saying she presents a that's, theory that's, uh, every, oh, 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 that's every, much better everyone's coming up with theories does she start talking to a plastic plant because that happens in the happening she starts talking to a spider oh god <laughs> and then somebody gets annoyed at her and steps on the spider and she puts it in a jar and she's sad and then out of the spider comes those little baby spiders and she does the nature finds a way or oh fuck off it's so good it's a... anyway in that scene she, she does something particularly badass and I really really enjoyed it um, what did she hug the spider no there's a, there, there, she's in a church and uh she keeps saying this stuff to people and eventually the priest gets so fucking annoyed because he thinks it's revelations. He gets so annoyed at her and accuses her of having her own little splinter group and her own little followers that he, um, first of all, gets one of his flock to try and kill her, which mm. doesn't go well. And then second, decides that he's do something that he read about in the Bible, which is a complete test of faith where him and her would walk out into the, the mist together and whichever one would be, you know, the faithful would be spared and the, the evil one would be taken. Yeah. And he, she says, all right, well, I, I believe that I know what's going on and I think I will be all right. And the, the best moment in it, they've been doing this whole religion versus science versus nature thing. It's kind of bandying around um, where he puts on his full vestments and kisses the Bible and he says, do you mind if I pray? She says, no. And she goes off into another room and he kneels down, he gets up and he knocks on the door. And she doesn't come back and he goes, oh, maybe she has had second thoughts. Maybe she's having Christ's faith yeah. and the door opens stark naked this older woman completely naked with the idea that that is nature she is this is her vestments and they walk out into the mist together and that is a really solidly good scene and she is the only character in the entire show that pulls off something like that everybody else eh little little bit of drama he was gone like 10 She's seconds so, into what you that said that was such yeah. a solid <laughs> I, 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 I'll be honest I glanced over and I saw it on your list and I went I really hope that's a bad example he's going to bring in <laughs> So, um, I'll use that. I'll use that as my main example. The the other one is, which is just I think that something that came and went and everybody forgot about it, was Wayward Pines, the M Night Shyamalan uh, TV show, 
and it was really genuinely yes quite good. I heard that was supposed to be quite good I never watched uh, it though Matt Dillon as the as a cop who wakes up in this weird town and uh, my favourite thing about it is they do the twist on episode 3 they just get it out of the way you know it's coming and it's like oh wait was this a Netflix it? show I have no idea again I no. watched it on some sort of I remember illegal download site but, yeah I can't uh, remember uh, it was genuinely genuinely super nice to just get it out of the way and they went this is what's happening these first three episodes it's a normal town as soon as this happens it's the apocalypse don't worry about it let's keep moving and uh, it was really nice I would I would recommend people to just check it out watch a trailer and see if they're interested yeah. it's two seasons it's Fox it's the Fox right. cool it's not what I'm thinking of then what you got Glenn um, so uh, my two one of them is Cowboy Bebop because mm. I think it's a good example of the whole thing of life goes on after an apocalypse so in Cowboy Bebop, everybody lives... The entire solar system has been populated um, from Earth outwards because it's easier to um, to maintain heat and all that type of stuff than to, you know, hey, let's go cool down Mercury. Yeah, not so much. Um, so the, but what's happened is there's these uh, gates set up, they're called, and they're basically these uh, a series of interconnected devices that when you travel through them, it's like a toll booth, but you pay and you travel through it, and then it it speeds up your ship. So ships themselves don't have, um, particularly fast travel. They're fast mm. relative to, our you know, technology today. But in terms of navigating around the solar system, they wouldn't be that fast. But the whole idea is you use the gates to jump from one area to the other, and it's basically to, to it's designed to a speed up how people move around, reduce costs on technology, um, a business is set it up so they can charge and all the rest, but. What happens is there's a thing called the gate incident that's happened years before it's just mentioned and it there was a gate blew up and it basically shattered the moon mm. and this caused a massive like earth is basically unlivable anyone who lives yeah. there are like the poorest of the poor because they can't afford to get off the planet and go live elsewhere but life carries on everywhere else in the solar sure. system mm. So it's it's just kind of interesting in that it's used as kind of a backdrop and a a point of reference of yeah this is why we spread out and this is why we've done this, but you know they do go back to Earth occasionally. There's just constant meteor strikes because there's this dense cloud of asteroids around mm. the, around Earth. Like so, it was, a, it was a nice just kind of um, it's a setting. It's not the central crux of the show. Are there more off-worlders than or on-worlders? As in people, that's li- people living off Earth. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Like everyone's pretty much everyone who can has left Earth. It's a, oh no, but like when it happened, were there more people off Earth or on Earth? Like were there was the po- majority of human population killed on Earth? Um, no, it was about half, uh, as far as I remember. It's never it's, it's never gone into too much detail in the TV series. It's mentioned in the associated mangas and stuff because mm-hmm. the mangas are more kind of other stories. They don't focus on the TV right. stories. Like they're just kind of other stuff that happens in between the episodes in the TV show. It's um, the closest one to real apocalypses that have happened. That people are, you know, they leave their homeland because something bad is fucking happening. Yeah, but it's 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 interesting in that, like, there's, like, each of the different places they go to, something different has happened there. Like, you know, there's, like, there's a sickness on Venus, there's a Venus sickness, like, and it's caused by when they terraformed the planet, one of the, the like, different plants kicked up as a result because mm-hmm. they're, like, we terraformed the place and then 
certain things mutated based on the changes to the environments. So, like we put in plants and then they change, but then there's like the pollen of one of these plants causes this sickness. Mm. So there's the the you know the, like it's. So it, you it's can talk of, about the happening, but I can't talk about the happening. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's, it's, it's not sentient. Right? Um, <laughs> but it, but the. And then there's like different species of fish and, and you know, just kind of mentioned like, yeah. but what it does is it gives it each place rather than like they're traveling around going to town to town because it's essentially what it is. They're bounty hunters traveling across. Yeah. It's, it's fucking Django, but like in space, right? right. You know, okay, yeah. but like the, there's no big overarching story. Kind of it's all about the characters yeah. and their backstories because they're all trying to escape something. The different members of the Bebop crew are all trying to escape something in their past. And the, it's all touched upon for the different members. But like, the the actual setting itself, yes, there was this apocalypse. Yes, Earth is completely fucked over. Will we see it? Yeah, maybe in like two episodes out of the twenty six, and the rest of the time we're gonna focus on how life has continued. Yeah, and it's not that everyone descended into rabid animals feeding off each other, and like you know, it was actually a whole thing of we had the resources to expand and cope. Mm. So it's just kind of an interesting take on it because, like you're saying, there's a lot. You know, there is only two colors in the apocalypse: gray and brown. Yeah. This is actually more kind of. Yeah, like they go to a casino, uh, casino on one of the planets, and everyone's like high living, and it's all bright and colorful. And yeah. when they're on, um, on one of the, I think they're on Ganymede, and the, the water is like bright green, just because the way it's there, but still drinkable. And there's fish in it, and they're basically they land the ship in the water, and they're fishing off the bow, but mm. like, and you know, just little things like that. It's yeah. like it's quite colorful still. Um, the other one I just wanted to mention was Falling Skies. So yeah, that came up while I was doing research for this, but I don't know of it. So it's it's all on Netflix at the moment. Um, it's basically set about three months after an alien invasion of Earth, and okay. the majority of uh city sent all, all the major cities got EMP at first, mm. and then that's how I do. It. These aliens roll in. <laughs> Dis- disable the tech and Just then all staring in. at a blank screen yeah. what do we do all the, all the military channels being like <laughs> should we kill the children we, should, we, we better, we we better. Them, yeah. <laughs> well the children don't come out great in this video <laughs> <laughs> so as it turns out don't be a child in the apocalypse no no no, no. Um, <laughs> so it's it's basically centred around a group uh, just outside of Boston and they're um, they call themselves the Massachusetts Second because it's a reference to the War of Independence, because one of the guys in it, one of the main characters, played by Noah Wiley, he was in ER for yeah, like yeah, 10, yeah. 15 years. Doctor um, Carter. Doctor Carter. Yeah. Um. So he's like a history professor, who taught like American he's history. Always a professor. In the thing. Um. So he's kind of like he give because he's a whole like well this is how like he basically keeps people people's spirits up because he's like well you know but in the War of Independence and. America yeah. you know um, but it's about a resistance group and it just follows this one group now they hear over the radio and oh, we got word that there's like six others nearby but you never really see them it's focused on just this one small group like and there's an alien species that has basically attacked Earth but there's subspecies within them and they don't appear to be related so you find out as it progresses that there's one species that's enslaved multiple others and they have ones that they call skitters, which are on like multiple, like, like four legs, mm. and they're kind of semi feral, and they use them as like tracking hounds and that type of thing. Mm. Mm. And then they have these giant mechs, like two story hall, tall, bipedal mech robots that are a thing, you know. And they even address this very early on, it's like second episode. They're like, So the skitters have four legs, and the guys are like, Yeah, and they're like, Why did your mechs only have two? And they're mm. like, Yeah, I never thought of that. It's like, Because surely, like, we design them with two because mm. we walk with two, but. 
why, why yeah, aren't there's one before yeah. and then like you, you kind of like these are just the guys that are talking about it when they're in the base and stuff yeah the, pretty much all the kids between a certain age have been kidnapped if between 10 and 18 have been what kidnapped and they're what's called harnessed they basically have this massive thing implanted into their spine their giant and then their arms and they're and they're used to slave labor but they have like you could run up to a harness cut and wave your hand in front of their face they're not going to see it right right mm. um so there's a whole thing where it, it's the 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 species that's enslaved viewers you don't really see them until like season two or season three and mm. the, it turns out that they're fighting a war with For someone else with another species yeah, yeah, yeah. that you never see they're mining the moon for helium three which is a super powerful I've seen that, Sky, that documentary yeah um, <laughs> and, uh, and and they're basically enslaving the children to build a slave fighting force hmm. so and like and it's all about like the, the, your man know his like his wife has been killed his eldest son is in the resistance with him his youngest son is only like eight or nine so he kind of has to stay with the 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 caravan the sport caravan with the thing and then his middle son has been kidnapped and harnessed and he's trying to get him back. So that's kind of like some of the drive for the first season. Uh, special effects aren't amazing. Yeah. But it's just a nice kind of thing the way it just follows this one group. Yeah. And it doesn't, it never goes for the thing. It's basic to me. And Oh yeah, stuff happens. Unlike the boring dead, the talking dead, whatever yeah. the fuck you want to call that. I was really hoping you wouldn't have to talk about it. But yeah. okay. You know, as a bad example of, yeah. let's have seven seasons of a show where you can fit all the action into 20 minutes and it's meant to be a fucking, you know. Yeah. Oh, it does have one of the best pilots ever. Yeah. It does. Yeah. And, uh, and that's it. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> you know, apparently even Hitler could paint. I mean, like, it's, 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 it's the, like stuff actually happens in Falling Skies mm. there's consistent like they're getting into skirmishes they're trying to like do raids for supplies but like they're they're like they're going after a sentient enemy mm. and they have to keep splitting up their numbers like it's it's very start they're like there's a huge numbers like we have to divide into three and like why it's like because they're using they're tracking cl- uh, clusters of body heat yeah, and yeah. We, if we're just too many of us in one spot the heat yeah. generated yeah, yeah, is yeah. allowing them to track us so we need to split up that's quite good um, but they stay in contact with these groups and it's like it, it's quite interesting in how it's done. There's some yeah, there's bits where you're like, that's a bit cheesy. But again, it was one of those series that was created to only ever have five seasons. Mm. Yeah. We have one story. Beginning and end. Yeah, we have a story. It's it's written out. This is what we're doing. No matter what, this is the progression of the story. If we get cancelled beforehand, oh well. Yeah. yeah. But this is what we're doing. And I, like, I, 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 I always like that in, you know, don't just oh but we can get more money we can get more no just tell the story you want to tell mm. and it was quite it's quite well done yeah um but yeah it's um it's a, it's an interesting show i i only caught it recently it's one of those ones i was aware of and i was like i should get around to watching that and i think it was in someone's house and there was an episode on and i was kind of like yeah it doesn't look too bad and then it was like oh yeah it's finishing soon i was like all right i'll wait till it finishes and i'll watch the whole thing at once because i only finished everything like last year mm. the year before uh, mm. um, it was two thousand. 11, five seasons, yeah, so we'll finish last year. So I was like, I'll wait until it finishes, I'll watch the whole thing. So, genuinely yeah. sitting here wondering if Helium 3 is a real thing, and why is it always on the moon? Because in the movie Moon, they're also harvesting See, Helium 3. Uh, I think it is. Do, is this an accepted fact? Element yeah, there. that the moon is a rich source of Helium 3. <laughs> helium 3, yeah. yeah like, we should be mining the moon then, let's just do that. <laughs> Get ahead just of the po- apocalypse. <laughs> low-hanging fruit. Like harvest it all so that when they do finally come to attack us, you know, no, it is a real thing. <laughs> is it a real thing? Um, helium three is a gas that has the potential to be used as a fuel in future nuclear fusion 
power plants. Mm, okay. There's very little helium to be available on Earth. There's to be significant supplies on the moon, and they also think it's in gas giants, as far as I remember. Maybe in the Twitter cores of gas so giants. So fuel. Fuel. This is going to be the most prescient episode ever. It's, it's actually, yeah. it's, do you know what it is? It's, it's the unobtainium, yeah, but it's actually yeah. a thing. It's so close. <laughs> yeah, so far. Yeah, so it's right. the almost obtainium. It's right up there. Yeah. <laughs> Just out of reach you. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a good MacGuffin, I'll remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. So the, the Before game. you go on, there's one yeah. other show. I haven't watched it because it's sitting there waiting. But, uh, it's on the list. From post-apocalyptic terms when you're saying but moving on. Yeah. Is The Leftovers. Oh, yeah. Which is um, it's like three percent of the entire population. Yes, I've actually just, just started watching that. I've just started. I'm like yeah. on episode three. Yeah, I've just started watching it. So there's a couple of moments where I've been kind of like really, yeah. but then there's some great stuff in it. It's so supposed far. to be really really good as a show, and Helmut's been watching it. Yeah, he's been, like, he's been singing its praises, but like he watches some odd things. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, Helmut watches a lot of stuff. Yes, like that's the thing. Yes, so you get a good spectrum to what, kind of work. What's on. his name is in it? He's one of the doctors. And Doctor Who. Tenant? Eccleston. Eccleston. Eccleston's in it and he's quite good in it because he plays like the local priest. Sure. And you know people are trying to deal with it like as part of the story is like all these new religions and cults that have sprung up yeah, around what happened. Makes sense like you're like I yeah, to explain I mean, like, this somehow. Like literally like that you know 2% of the world's population is yeah. and it's like what? You know? And it's like Why? It's like How? People's loved ones people's kids and all the rest but he's like everyone's like Oh, aren't they great? Aren't they amazing? You know, we lost the, the we lost these people, and it's you know it's so touching. But he's going around going, no, no, don't associate this with like the rapture and shit. That guy was a pedophile. What are you talking yeah, about? Like, yeah. and but people are like because he's pointing out what people's loved ones have done, and he's doing it very publicly. He keeps on getting like attacked and stuff like that. So, mm. like he gets the shit kicked out of him, like nice. in the middle of church. One Again, day. though, that's that's another good one because it's done. It's yeah, all finished. Yeah, three seasons. The whole thing. Yeah, so that's the thing. I've been. I'm, I've only just started into it, and it's a bit kind of. I don't know if this is gonna be good or not, but I mean, it, it actually looks quite interesting. So, um, on games, um, I suppose I go first. The yeah. this is two. One of them that I just want to mention briefly was uh, I mentioned it before. One of the episodes was the division, because again, it's that whole thing of if you change one yeah, thing, was, yeah. and mm. it's just if okay, yeah, the you but like. It does take out ninety percent of the population. I think it is ninety percent of the American population. So they're mm. cut down to they're still cut down to like thirty three million. There's still a lot of them knocking around. But the whole idea is that like, I like how it's, they also take out the money, because their their money is cloth. All American money is cloth. It's woven. It's mm. linen. I think, and it's like the fact that it's, um, it's that's how it's transmitted. So money becomes. The, the, the a vector the, of the, the, yeah, yeah it's, the, it's yeah. The, the primary vector of it like um, and it's just I like that they don't show you anything else around it you're like you land and you're on the island of Manhattan and you're on like the coast hmm. and, and they're, they they very quickly mention something that happened across the water and they never mention anywhere and you're like but what else is going on hmm. I want to say like can we get a division two set in Houston, or can we get you know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah. I, can I just get, like show me a different city? Yeah, I'm 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 actually really interested now. Give it a year or two, I'd say. Oh yeah, sure <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, and like and like the the where they the, fix all the problems. Well, they they fix most of them now. Like it's actually like uh, it's, it's a it's too late though. If, uh, it might be. It might. It, then again, it could research. I mean, like it's uh, the thing is as well as like it, it's it's one of those games because there's no monthly subscription. They could just yeah. they, if they get to do a push on it and they do a good content release people could suddenly get into it again. Mm. I, I still log in and play it every so often 
I like it. Um, I what I like it the most about it though is that like playing so many games and again it's that whole thing of yeah I played World of Warcraft for years and there's some great big cities in there and they look mm. you know really impressive and great stuff to do and I've played games like Tomb Raider and yeah a big fucking a fantastic one. This is your rock owner in New York, and it's, it's like one to one representation. Yeah, it's really of that well area. put together. Mm. Yeah. Like the um, was a friend of mine, Justin, who was playing it, and he we were talking about it, and he was marveling at the fact that he was like, "Well, I used to live in New York. I used to I used to go to some of those shops, mm. and like I he said he was when he was first playing it, and he was walking along at a certain point, and he's like, so if I turn left here, this is where the stadium is, and he turns left and the stadium's there, and he's like, and that's about how far away it would be, and like yeah, he's yeah. like. For him, it was really struck him because he was like, "This is exactly how it should look." Like. I vomited down this alley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I like. I definitely think they'll make a sequel. I think that's what. Oh yeah. yeah. Or, or the mechanics behind it and the premise is really good. Yeah. They just didn't get the balancing right. Yeah, it's like it's like did I do? I love some of the arguments that pop up around it. It's like it just feels so unrealistic to be shooting a guy wearing a hoodie and he doesn't die straight away. I'm going back to my game where I'm fighting dragons and orcs. Okay, <laughs> whatever, son. Best of fucking luck, you. Yeah. But the the one I wanted to, the main one I wanted to look at was Enslaved Odyssey to the West. Hmm. Um. So which is done by Ninja Theory. Hmm. Um. Back in 2010. So it's based on Journey to the West. Never heard of it. No, I never heard of it. Um, which is considered one of the four great, uh, the four great pillars of Chinese literacy. Mm. Um, and yes, I do have to hear it now because I was, was like, Johnny might ask me what they are, and I'm like, <laughs> I do actually know. So fuck you. <laughs> um, but it was written in like 16th century, and it's it was adapted into it's been adapted numerous times. Yeah. Um, but the script for this particular one was written by Alex Garland, who did Twenty Eight Days Later, Twenty Eight oh, Weeks Later, The Beach, Ex Machina. Uh, Sunshine, Dread, like he's the, the writer behind all of these. Stuff. Um, very good writer. Mm. So you've got actually decent dialogue, and the main voice actor and mocap for the main character is Andy Serkis. Mm. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, so he plays he yeah. plays monkey. But the thing is, it's set an indeterminate amount of time after there's an AI revolt. Uh, by these robots, and they basically, for the most part, wipe out mankind. But it, it, nature has begun to reclaim everything or has significantly reclaimed everything. So you're going through areas and there are lush green vegetation everywhere. It's it's that whole thing of, again, there's not just two colours to the apocalypse. It's, yeah. There's, you know, this everything looks vibrant. It's a very bright, colourful game. Mm. And it there's just something, like when you're navigating around the areas again, yeah, those elements of, I recognise this place. That's such and such a bridge and that's, you know, whatever. But you're like, but I really like what they've done with it. it. It feels like a whole new world. And it's kind of colourful. And I, I did consider the, the Darksiders games as well for that. Where mm. it's the, you know, after the apocalypse is triggered and your war and you're, you're sent back to Earth to, to kick the demons and the angels off Earth. And it's like, you know, it's hundreds of years after the apocalypse happened and it, there's elements of heaven and hell bleeding into Earth. Yeah, yeah. So there's these kind of three different distinct styles blended together quite well. Um, but with with Odyssey to the West, it's it's got kind of a. It feels more natural as if yes, this is how nature would reclaim through this yeah. area. Mm-hmm. This is why these buildings and landmarks that you know are covered in like creeping vines and there's grass instead of pavement and that type of thing. And like the characters are quite well done. The, the interactions between them and are, are decent. And like Andy Serkis is a great job. Like I legitimately thought when it, it, his voice acting, he's doing an American accent. 
he sounds like John DiMaggio, the guy who Bender and Marcus Phoenix and stuff like that. Oh, you yeah. can actually, like, uh, no trace that it was him. And this is 2010. This is before he did, like, Kong and before he did... Um, he started doing the Planet of the Apes films and stuff like that. And, like, mm-hmm. and I know, uh, you know... Is, is that all monkey... All apes? Monkey, ape, con? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But nobody does other motion captures. Didn't he direct the most recent uh, Planet of the Apes? I think so. Yeah. yeah. So, like, he's actually, like... And he was part. He was uh, part director on uh, Odyssey to the West, oh, and he's cool. uh, he's just. It's it's one of those games that you're playing it and you're like, okay, the, the combat might get a bit repetitive, but the setting and how they treated it, and because of, like I think at the time, so many games in a row were going for, oh, isn't it all grim dark? Isn't it all brown and grey? Yes. And, yeah. and then when this came along, it's like, yeah, it's bright, it's colourful, it's still, I'm still in danger, I'm still in threat, and then. There hadn't been a Zelda game in a while, and it kind of reminded me of that type of thing of like oh, nice. the Zelda games are always quite yeah, colorful, quite even voice, though it's yeah. always something really bad has just happened or is about to happen. Yeah. But they still maintain that colorfulness. Like <laughs> there's over there by that volcano is the end of the world. It's like cool, cool. Why well, can I go chat to these uh, these cool bandits? And there's a horse race over here. It's like yeah, I guess, man. Just do whatever you want. Yeah, take so, your time, like uh, yeah. no pressure. Yeah, you do you, man. <laughs> so. There's a there's something that video games do really really well, which is that idea that you're coming there's a you're coming in after a civilization, you're coming in after a society that's been wiped out. I'd love to see a game based on the original settlers coming to America, with the idea that there was vast American civilization, city building civilizations that were there beforehand. That were waiting, yeah. Incas and Aztecs, and they were basically wiped out with disease. They were driven across the country and and then all these lads show up. Assuming that it's divine providence, they're like, "Hey, all, all this land has been tilled for us. Thank you, God." <laughs> Just that you're walking into the death yeah. of a civilization. Isn't that Oregon Trail? You have died. <laughs> 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 um, Lovely. Yeah. What would you What would you game, Beagles? Um, I'm fairly confident we talked about this, me and you, before, because I don't think you like it. But uh, it's not quite a zombie game. Uh, again, it's pandemic, realistically, but it's The Last of Us. Mm. So, uh, it's no. I hadn't played it. I don't like. Uh, when it came out, you you were playing on the PS three, mm. and you're like, you should get it. And I was like, there's no way I'm buying a PS three. It's a piece of shit console. PS two is great. PS four is great. PS three. Ah, no. uh, PS three was had its moments. Yeah, it, it was had a difficult. Them, it had them at the very end though. So very it was like console. when it came out, the PS four was already announced. It's like, oh, just wait and get a PS four. It's not on PS four, but it will be. Yeah. So, you know. Which it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. As it turns out. But uh, yeah, really, really good game. Again, it's basically the road in video game format. Because mm. it follows a similar path. Uh, you play as Joel, who gets to witness what happens to the world when, it, when there's this outbreak. And it, essentially, it's a virus that infects people and turns them into kind of spore like zombies, I, I suppose is the best way of approaching them. And then it kind of jumps forward to. Uh, about 10-15 years later and you're given this task to transport a girl who obviously Joel doesn't give a shit about at the beginning of and then learns to love her over time through their adventures and it turns out that she has some form of antibody or particular immunity to the system uh, that's been that's happening so in theory if they're able to figure out what's wrong with her they can cure all the people in the country and mm. um, but spoilers, by the time that Joe figures this out and then he realises that they're actually just going to kill her, essentially, to get whatever it is inside her to try and mm-hmm. figure it out, he just goes, fuck you. 
and uh, takes her instead mm. so at the end of the game is like he wanders off with her and brings her back to society instead of and it's actually quite well done there's a she asks him like did you do this for x reason or because you just couldn't face me not being around and he just lies to her <laughs> mm. like straight up just lies like a dickhead but it's a really really well put together game by Naughty Dog it's the girl um, with all the gifts put in game form um, <laughs> yeah kind of but like she just kind of wanders around you don't really interact with her uh, from a gameplay perspective it's Resident Evil 4 Ashley Williams all over again yeah like, uh, she's Ashley. just kind of there and a lot of the time that can break the suspense sometimes because you're like hiding from people or zombies or whatever it is and she's just like running around in the background and you're like and they ignore and they ignore completely. yeah is that in the story? I'm no, no, no. no it's just in the game. It's, it's, it's like just in the, the gameplay. Because they're not meant to interact with her. Whereas at least in Resident Evil, the zombies will go after the person you're trying to protect. Yeah. Well, you can put her in so, a dumpster. Yeah, yeah. That, that was the standard. There. Oh, new area. Ashley, get in the fucking dumpster. Yeah. <laughs> Stay there. But yeah, so that kind of breaks it a little bit. But the actual function of the game is very well. It's really brutal. Like it doesn't uh, shy away like the road from like showing off scenes of people just being dickheads to each yeah, other yeah. and full on humans being each humans. other um, there's lots again uh, like we were talking about the folklore earlier there, there's bits and pieces you can pick up as you go along mm. and you find out like little scraps of information about like what happened before or people that early on in the game we go you go through this town that's run by just one guy and he lives mm. by himself uh, and he sets up all these traps to try and kill as many of the zombies and whatever it is but you can pick up these bits and you find out through time that like he had a lover and a partner and the partner had a very specific set ways of doing things right and they keep clashing over whatever it is and eventually the partner decides that he's going to make a run for it instead of staying yeah and then you find the partner and the partner's like hung himself or something right right and it's just really really grim really and you're like okay now I understand why the guy is so fucked up like and he just doesn't yeah. have any interaction with people and so there's some really really good set pieces as well particularly you go through a section of um, broken down suburbia and there's these houses and so there's like looters and pilfers going on so you have to make your way through the houses because there's a guy at the very end with like a sniper rifle mm. so you go through this entire section and it's really tense because you're trying to dodge in and out of buildings in a very kind of methodical fashion and then you finally get there and you get up to the top and then somebody makes a noise by mistake because the, the zombies kind of feed off of noise more so than anything else Yeah. and they they start swarming and so everything you've just been through you now get to watch as they all kind of flood right, right, right. towards the point of sound and you're trying to help them the others who are with you and so on. so um, I think it's a fantastic game it's one of the best games of the last five years Oh yeah, it's, and it's, it's on a lot of people's lists. It's unbelievable. Yeah. But it's it's a very, very plausible setting, very realistic. You would understand exactly how things could go that way, just based off of how it's built up. There's no it's very grand reality, like you're saying, like it, this is it's a it's a disease, it's something that you could see that could happen. It has they put in the time to understand how would it transform and how would it do this and so on. Mm. And it has the evolution of it. <clears throat> so as you progress through the game the longer that somebody has a spore in them it, it changes them and it dictates yeah, what yeah. their form is so then later on there's bigger guys who are bloaters because they've just had it so long yeah their body is just dysmorphized into this gigantic globule almost and mm. now they can throw it at you and stuff 
really really well done game and it shows off um different reactions from people like how they would choose to survive and what decisions they would make to go on so really really good it um from some of the ones we've had today some of the ones the the apocalypse is the setting that's all yeah. about the characters and some of the other ones nearly the apocalypse itself is the character yeah. it sounds like it's a good mix of this is very character driven but as you're finding out more and more about the apocalypse it becomes more and more interesting yeah no no it's you get to see because it you do a lot of traveling as well so you don't just get like say with the division where you're kind of wondering there is a breakdown in communication like people aren't really talking to each mm. other as much but you get to see different pockets and like so you start off in a city where there is some semblance of security going on and there is like you can see the fences and people being put through like immigration and yeah. any sort of kind of stuff like that but then you you have to leave because you have to bring her to the people so you have to travel across countries so you get to see like what's happened to like broken down roads and then smaller yeah, yeah. cities and or like a house and things and get some really really good tense settings uh, and it gets very very i guess what's the word it's like frantic at times yeah because it's very like it's me or him to that kind of point, kind of point of view it's really really well done yeah. and some wonder as well because towards the end of the game <clears throat> you come to san diego i think it is and you have to go through the zoo and when you go round a corner, you realise that the zoo is compl- completely broken down. And there's just two giraffes that are living in the middle of the city now. Yeah. And, like, you don't see them until this particular point. But, like, Ellie, the girl, has, like, noticed and she's running around. And you're like, what's going on? And, you come yeah. and you're like, oh, my God, there's two giraffes. Like, just, yeah. Which is really good. <laughs> not, to, not to be too serious and use real world examples, but during the bombing of Baghdad, um, people abandoned the, the city. Mm. Uh, during the I don't know what, uh, what time frame this was but the animals escaped from the zoo and there was two lions just wandering the city of Baghdad yeah. for a while just uh, hanging out together but uh, they had an entire city and it just seems amazing the idea that all this weird stuff because pe- some people with especially with fantasy and sci-fi if they don't if they don't go a little bit whimsical or look at the weird shit that's likely to happen around it yeah, it, it just you kind of have to include that you have to include this weird stuff that happens as part it, of it seems whimsical war but it's actually tragedy and all this. if you don't do it it, it doesn't ground it yeah much, absolutely yeah. so oh, yeah definitely cool Johnny what's your um, well we didn't we didn't dwell on Mad Max for too long so I'm gonna do for video games do the obvious one and do Fallout very quick okay uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't hit on that series um and I think from everything we've discussed today, I played a huge amount of Fallout 3 and a huge amount of New Vegas. Mm. And I think it, it ties into everything that we've been talking about in that there's this big overworld where you can see everything that's going on. You can talk to the people. You can start collecting as much or as little information as you want. And it's about bopping around and seeing how people are uh, you know, coping with this new world that everybody lives in and what sort of weird shit's going on. But going into the vaults is the funniest thing in the world. And seeing how every little microcosm <laughs> has had their own little apocalypse. Every, and they're all coming up with theories. In one vault they think this happened. In one vault they think that happened. Mm. In one vault this spore has gotten loose and turning everybody into something. In one, it's, it's like a, an, an old school horror anthology like the Twilight Zone or something. Where every vault you go into has this different thing and I just love that I love the idea that nobody got it right everybody who stayed in their vaults thought that something different was happening up there uh, 
and it's the funniest thing in the world to so the Gary Vault as well. The Gary Vault. Yeah. <laughs> there's entire there's ones where I've been playing the game, and sometimes I just kick around the overworld, I'm not that pushed. Yeah. But there's ones where I've gone in and done a vault uh, mission and it's better than entire other games I've played. There's the one where uh, somebody has to be appointed an overseer. And eventually, I think it's revealed that each of the vaults was an experiment. Yes. They, they yeah. did very weird shit to each of the vaults. Some of them would be... To see what would happen, yeah. 60 ladies and one guy. Some of them would be yeah, one guy. Yeah, those the, the Penny Arcade thing where they did the little st- series of strips in the yeah. vaults and they were like, remember, the, the, the one thing that everyone uh, gets wrong about the vaults is they were never meant to save anyone. Mm. Yeah. They're just experiments. And then it goes through all the... the but they're, they're all ones that don't appear in any of the games, but are yeah. like the numbers are there. So it's like... Fault whatever, which was uh, 40, guy, uh, 40 women and one man. And then it's like, uh, fault, old, fault number 28, which is 10 women, 10 men, and a panther. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> just a single panel of yeah. like everyone going, there's a yeah, panther yeah. just tearing <laughs> through them all. Like. The, one, the one that I was, I think it's the overseer, is, the, is what you could be appointed. And the idea was that every few years they'd have to do this, and then someone would have to go into the room and be the overseer. And they never came out. And they, they were m- murdered horribly, presumably. Yeah. But you had to elect the overseer. And it was this entire vault. And everyone was dead at this stage. That you were going around trying to piece together what the fuck happened in this vault. Mm. Where uh, everybody was tr- doing election campaigns to not get elected. Because we were like, yeah. I don't want to be the overseer. Like, and it was like, well, you know, you're you're prime candidate. And everyone was running smear campaigns on themselves. Yeah. <laughs> and doing as much as they could Such to try and not idea. be the overseer. And like you go through this entire thing, but just they got they got to do so much cool stuff with that. Um, I think everyone can agree that Fallout is, is whoever the guys that made it, from from Mad Max to A Boy and His Dog to even stuff like, um, Logan's Run and Death Race Two Thousand, all these old school apocalypse and sci fi movies. Paranoia uh, is the one of the main influences for it. Yeah, that was a. They've said paranoia and then. Wasteland was actually the original. Yeah, absolutely. And then they went in, so it was Wasteland, and then they went Fallout 1 and 2, which are top down 3D ISO RPG games. Yeah. yeah. And then you have the shit ones at the end. I I really like seeing a shit. I don't like Fallout 3 and 4. I like Fallout 3 and 4. I love going to. I don't like 4, but. I just don't like fucking babies first first person shooter. Oh, here's your VAT system and take your time and it's like oh fuck off. Yeah. I know it's just it's a relic of the it's a relic of the, the previous games, but it's yeah. like it just feels really kind of maybe Yeah. And I, and but they make such a big deal out of it. And I'm like, yeah. And also I think there's the fact that the whole thing is brown. It's just kind of uh, So I was gonna say I like it's one of the few games where I like that everything's brown and shitty system. because <laughs> I love going into a casino and seeing something that's really cool in their universe like there's a bit where you go in and this guy's basically got his playboy mansion like it's one dude protecting mm. 20 ladies and they're all in sexy underwear but the house is shit he's wearing silk pajamas that are torn the girls look so sad everything is fucking terrible and like he's got all these sculptures on the wall but everything's kind of shot to shit is that, just, like that Corey Feldman party yeah it does look like oh, that Corey yeah, Feldman party <laughs> It is, it is exactly that Cory <laughs> But I love that everything is a shitty version of something that people kind of remember. Um, anyway, I'll do my actual one, which was Zelda Wind Waker. Yeah. Which is 
basically... Is this to do with the, the moon? No, no, not no, that. No, 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 that's, no, that's, that's Majora's Mask. Majora's Mask. This is Majora's where you're Mask. sailing around the globe, or sailing around this big... Hyrule area. is flooded. Hyrule the, ice, the ice caps have melted. Yeah, okay. it is water, a Waterworld adaptation of Zelda. Oh, well, I was going to mention Waterworld. Yeah. But then I was like... Mm. <laughs> He's like... Nah. Yeah. The bit where I realise that you're over Hyrule, like you're over Hyrule, that it is just the water yeah. thing, and you um, keep having to go down, and you're sending down um, uh, claws and anchors and stuff to pull up chests that are on the ocean floor, and you're like, ah, everyone's dead from every other yeah. series of Zelda. It's, this is, I like, I have a phobia of water. I can't see the edges or bottom of, <laughs> and that sometimes translates into games. Final Fantasy Ten was a experience um particularly the first sin battle i nearly shit myself um it took me a long time to build up to assassin's creed black flag because the problem with like super realistic graphics is it just amplifies remember the the, the, the fear more like and that was the first uh, assassin's creed game that i didn't 100 percent because there's no way on fucking earth I was doing the option in Diving Bell. I did everything else. And I'm like, because there was a bit where, like, when I started, and I got on the, the boat, and uh, Vin and Andy, I'll tell you, they were watching my housemates, they were watching me playing it at the start. And I'm saying, I got on the boat for the first time, and I'm going along, and it's like, it's just a Jeep, it's just blue sand, it's just blue sand, it's just blue sand. <laughs> and, then, and then this whale breaches beside me, and I'm like, oh, fuck, oh, no. So, Wind Waker. Sand was, monsters. Wind Waker, I was like, this might not be too bad because it's cell shaded. It's yeah. very much kind of a mm. we're going for the kitty friendly and I'm yeah. like, hopefully that'll help. Hopefully that'll Oh no, no, it didn't help at all. It didn't help at all. Now I love Wind Waker. I actually do love it. And yeah. a lot of that's down to the visual style and the idea, just the concept of we're going to drastically change Hyrule. Oh yeah. Which they've kind of gone backward with Breath of the Wild. Mm. Like they've gone back to the whole thing of no 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 no, it's like everything bad has already happened. Yeah. Like, yeah. You're just kind of dealing with the aftermath. But yeah, the the there was any any of the bits where I had to get out into the water. I'm like, no, 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 no boy, no, no boy, no, <laughs> not not enjoying this one. No, <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, yeah, oh, that was a silly one down now, but I liked it. No, I no, really it's, it's genuinely love one. Right. I was actually surprised. No man, I thought someone when I said earlier on, I used to probably run this. I thought someone was going to mention Dark Souls. But Dark Souls isn't an apocalypse. That's game. not apocalypse at all. No. It's just entropy. It's just something gradually no, no. just fading. Like, but it's that's just a world in cycles. Yeah, yeah, yeah but, not, but it's yeah. just burning out. It's just yeah. it's decaying. And I was, I was, I was kind of yeah, okay, yeah. The but yeah, and there was actually one I just want to mention. It's not a. It doesn't again. It doesn't fall into any of the three categories. It's um. It's a. It's a web comic. Mm. And it's called Stand Still, Stay Silent. Um, if you look up just S S S S comic, mm. you'll find it. Make sure there's four S's. Yeah. Two S's is bad. Yes. Four S's is fine. Yeah. Um, it's drawn by one person. Um, she studied art in college. Um, she's a graphic designer and all the rest. And she had the story even when she was in college. But before she wanted to do it, she spent her time doing another web comic for two or three years just to make sure she, to get basically hone her skills. Yeah, yeah. And this thing's done like four to five days. Uh, four days a week I think it's updated and the art style is incredible mm, gorgeous it is oh, yeah. great radio list by the way yeah I know no, no, but it's like just to show the guys here I'm just showing it on the the, the, the thing here and it's <laughs> the thing in my hand yes the the, the, the magical talkie box um, no <laughs> that we will be worshipping in yes. 20 years time <laughs> so it's everything is done in. it's almost kind of like a woodcut oh, wow, style yeah. to it and it's that's really detailed yeah and it's basically mm. set up in the Nordic countries. And what happens is a disease breaks out 
that wipes out the majority of the population. Some people are immune to it and some people aren't. Um, and there's a kind of a brief in, uh, a prologue of maybe 20 to 30 pages and then it jumps forward to what's happened. After, and then, yeah. but, uh, so th- it's basically, books are like super valuable because there's so much stuff abandoned. Yeah. That mm. they, when they f- sought refuge that they were like, we have to go back and find it. So there's like, the art style, very good, very stylish, suits it quite well. Kind of mostly browns and greys though. But no, um, uh, <laughs> there's a bit of red in there. Yeah, yeah there's some reds. reds. And like, different areas have different tones to them. Yeah. Um, and what they end up doing is, um, or she ends up doing what it is, um, there's animals have mutated from this disease. It's not something that's specific just to humans. It's a disease that's like, it kills humans, but it affects others. And it's just a flu that basically mm. like two people out. And the things that they've mutated into become known as trolls goblins ah, so it's yeah, actually yeah, yeah. like the nordic mythology is then applied to the naming because they're like we don't know what to call them yeah, yeah. so and it, it's it starts off with this group being sent out into the wilderness to try and recover to basically go into a city and try and recover mm. lost knowledge mm. so and try and like yeah if we can find these books maybe we can find medical texts that have been lost yeah, yeah. that we can then like may, you know move forward and trying to uh, develop a vaccine or or an, an inoculation to this like but the art style is gorgeous. It's really well told story. And um, there's some really nice pieces that she does every so often where she breaks down like, okay, this is the differences between the languages and all, in all the Nordic countries. And it actually explains them all. There's an image that was floating around on the internet uh, over the last few years from this. And a lot of people don't realize it's from it. It's where she goes on about the, the language trees, mm. where all the different languages come from. And it's an actual illustration of a tree and how mm. on each branch is all the names. I've seen that. Probably from that comic. Yeah. yeah recognizing yeah, the style yeah. Yeah. And it's it's just it's incredibly um, well done in, in that it's um, it it works really well. It mm. works as a style. It helps sell it. It helps um, and the, I like the incorporation of the um, the incorporation of the the mythology. Like they're all, it's almost a reverse application of it. Mm. But that's not how most mythologies originated. People saw these things, things they couldn't explain. And they yeah, they try to explain it. Yeah. yeah, so it's kind of goes the other way around, which is you know, um. But yeah, that's kind of the main thing um that I just wanted to like it, it's, um, stand still, stay silent. Um. Cool. Yeah. There's a very good, although it doesn't really go anywhere. Comic called Romantically Apocalyptic, which is kind of a cyber goth one uh, as well. Okay. And again, it's, it's all style, and it is just somebody who wants to draw the apocalypse. They have no interest in telling a story inside yeah. it. And it's a, apocalypse happens in Russia. These soldiers are still, they are guarding something that they don't know what they're guarding, I guess. And they're just going insane. These lads yeah, are just, just going completely insane in the apocalypse. Still, still stationed somewhere, not knowing what's going on. Uh, but it's very good. Cool. Cool. See Anything else? I think that's it. That's it. Mm. Uh, homework from that episode, I'm going to write a bot that just searches stamp collection on Pornhub. And... <laughs> Really, really want that to spike. I want that to be popular. Yeah. I want people to start making more of that, thinking it's popular. Uh, no, it's a massive guy. surge in searches for it. Just for that one guy. We're doing it for him. Uh, for everybody, watch Tank Girl. Then watch Tank Girl again. Because Tank Girl is amazing. Uh, I did, from really early in the conversation, I wrote, freeze some sperm because the future is weird and there's no kids around. And then immediately wrote the note, don't freeze sperm. Children do not do well in the future. <laughs> 
yeah, the, the children do not end up well in yes in, in any of our stories. Yeah, I have seen this before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm gonna watch full image below. I'm gonna watch Falling Skies. Uh, just wrote is Andy Circus a monkey? Question mark. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> for anyone at home who's about to comment, we know that Adventure Time is post apocalyptic. We talked about it before. We don't need to talk about it. Yeah, we, I, I. I figured that was going to come up and if not it's kind of obvious yeah. in that if you once you've watched more than a few episodes so I'm just glad we didn't talk about zombies yeah pretty much yeah. alright yeah. cool alright thank you cheers, cheers. that's our show hear more of Gus on the Nerd Eye Podcast available on SoundCloud and all good podcast apps remember to check us out at Dystropia on Facebook and Twitter. Have fun.